Well, on this Lord's Day, in this study from God's Word, I want to talk with you about a very dark time in history. I want to talk with you about a time when there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone followed his own standard for morality. Everyone did things that essentially broke God's heart. In our study from God's Word this morning, I want to talk with you about the period of the judges. I want to talk with you about a time, a very dark time in the history of the nation of Israel. My dear friends, we may look around at our culture in 21st century America and, and think that we're living in very dark and sinful days, and we certainly are, but I promise you, I promise you that the stuff we are witnessing today, as bad as it may be, it doesn't come close to the stuff that, that we can read about in the book of Judges. Let me tell you something, the period of Judges is probably the darkest period of history given to us in the Bible. It was a period of lawlessness. It was a period where God's very own people continually rebelled against him. This morning, we're going to study from the book of Judges, and so I want to ask you to go ahead and take out your Old Testament and turn over into the book of Judges, blow the dust off of, of the book of Judges. You see, the topic of, of the judges is not a topic that you hear discussed among God's people today. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you heard a sermon from the book of Judges? When is the last time you've been in a Bible class that was on the book of Judges? When is the last time you had a coworker or a family member or a friend ask you a Bible question from the book of Judges? As the people of God, we don't talk a lot about, about the book of Judges today, and, and I, wonder, I, I wonder what consequences have come as a result of that. For example, in our neglect to really study and, and break down the book of Judges, I wonder just how much we know about the Judges. I wonder if we know the names of the judges. I wonder if we could quickly pop off four or five names of, of the judges just like that. I wonder if we know exactly what a judge was during this time. And how many judges there were. And, and why did God have, have to use judges for, for hundreds of years in Israel? I wonder just how much we know about, about the judges. You see, it is interesting how, how when the book of Judges opens up, we find the people of Israel at a very interesting moment in their history. You see, when the book of Judges opens up, an entire faithless and rebellious generation of Israelites has died in the wilderness. The 40 years of wandering in the wilderness is over. An entire generation has died. Moses has died. And, and Joshua, his protege, has, has led a, a more faithful and obedient generation of Israelites into finally conquering the promised land. 
by the time the book of Judges opens up, the people of Israel are doing pretty well. They're experiencing a lot of blessings and, and they're being faithful to God, but unfortunately that faithfulness would not last very long. You see, even though Israel had conquered much of Canaan by this time, we need to understand that there were still several Canaanite tribes on their borders. There were still small remnants of Canaanites scattered throughout the land of Israel, and Joshua told them before he died that they needed to take care of that. Joshua told them that they need to make sure that they wiped out the remaining Canaanites. He said that if they didn't do that, they were going to have problems. He says that if they did not take care of this responsibility, in time they would start worshiping their false gods, and they would start mingling with the Canaanites, and eventually God's blessings would leave them. Eventually God would no longer help them drive out their remaining enemies. This is the warning that Joshua gave the people of Israel not long before he died, and unfortunately, unfortunately, the nation did not heed his warning. Unfortunately, instead of having the courage and the zeal to, to drive out the remaining Canaanites, the Bible tells us in the first chapter of Judges that the nation actually mingled with these Canaanites. They actually started spending time with them and, and building relationships with them and even worshiping their false gods and, and intermarrying with them. Instead of driving out the remaining Canaanites, the Scripture says they did the opposite. They did the opposite of what God told them to do, and as a result of that, they, they, they suffered. They suffered immense, immensely. They suffered because God allowed the Canaanites to, to rise up in power again and, and oppress them. Israel began to be oppressed by the remaining Canaanites. In fact, this oppression actually led to a cycle that repeated itself for about 350 years. There was a 350-year cycle that took place during the time of the judges, and it began with this. It began with relapse. It began with the children of Israel relapsing into sin. Even though they would remain faithful for a time, eventually they would turn their backs against God. Eventually, they would get involved in idolatry. They would start mingling with the Canaanites, worshiping their false gods, and, and even intermarrying with them. The children of Israel would continually, during this time period, relapse into sin, and their relapse into sin would then eventually bring about God's retribution. Retribution, by retribution we mean that because Israel continually disobeyed God, God would allow a surrounding heathen nation to rise up and, and oppress them. 
He would allow a surrounding heathen nation to, to rise up and punish them for their sins. They would oppress the people of Israel, and usually this oppression will last for several years. This oppression would last for a very long time. In fact, it would last for so long that eventually this retribution would lead to Israel's repentance. They would repent. In other words, while being oppressed by their enemies, Israel would eventually start remembering God. They would start remembering the blessings of God. They would pray to God and cry out to God, and, and they would beg God to deliver them from their enemies. They would say to God, God, we're sorry. God, we know we're wrong. We, we know we've done you wrong. We, we, we know that we have not pleased you by, by worshiping these false gods. Will you please save us? Will you please deliver us from our enemies? After experiencing retribution, Israel would repent. They would call upon God to save them from their enemies, and God in his great love and mercy and grace he, he would hear their prayers. He, he would listen to their prayers. In fact, not only would he listen to their prayers, but he would act upon their prayers. He would save them. He, he, would, he would rescue them from their enemies. He would actually send someone to rescue from them from their enemies. In fact, that is exactly what the purpose of a judge was. You, you see, typically, whenever we... We hear the word judge in 21st century America. We typically think of, of somebody like Judge Judy on TV, right? We think about somebody in a courtroom. We think about somebody like on the Supreme Court, someone who wears a black robe and has a gavel and, and renders judgments. That is typically what we think of today whenever we hear the word judge, but we got to understand that that is not exactly what a judge was in this time in Israel. You see, during this time in Israel, typically a judge was not someone who had a gavel and wore a black robe and rendered judgments. Instead, during this time, a judge was someone who was a deliverer. He was a deliverer. He was someone that God handpicked to fight and save his people from their oppressors. He was a warrior. He was a military leader. He was someone that God used to provide temporary relief from a Canaanite enemy. Whenever Israel would repent to God and beg for deliverance, God would rescue them by the hands of a judge. God would rescue them by raising up a great warrior and deliverer to save them from their enemies. In fact, after this deliverer or this warrior saved God peoples from their, from their enemies, the, the last step in this process would be rest. There would be rest in the land of Israel. There would be peace. There would be security. There would be blessing until this process would start all over again. This is the 350-year cycle that took place 
in the time of the judges. And for those who may wonder who exactly the judges were, let me transition here by saying that when it comes to the judges, according to what the scripture says, there were at least 14 specific people that God rose up during this time to be judges. There were about 14 judges that God rose up during this time, and some of them we know a lot about, and some of them know, we know very little about, but regardless of what we may know about these people, the main thing to understand is all of them were important. All of them were people that God rose up to experience great victories for Israel. There were at least 14 of these people in Israel during this time. And, and let's rehearse them for just a few minutes. And let's start with Othniel. Go in your Bible to Judges chapter 3. In Judges chapter 3, we read about the first judge in Israel, and it was a man named Othniel. In Judges chapter 3, verse number 7, the Bible says, The sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherah. Verse 8, then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, so he sold them into the hands of Cushereshatham, king of Mesopotamia, and the sons of Israel served Cushereshatham eight years. When the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the sons of Israel to deliver them, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. When he went out to war, the Lord gave Cushereth to them, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, so that he prevailed over Cushereth to them. Then the land had a rest forty years, and Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. Do you see, brothers and sisters, the cycle that took place during this time? Do you see how our point being made here? Do you see the five steps that took place during this time? Notice how in verse number seven, we find the relapse. We find Israel relapsing into sin. It says in verse 7, the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they forgot God, and they served Baals and Asherah. They got involved in idolatry. Verse 7 shows us how Israel, they relapsed into sin. They rebelled against God. They did evil in his sight. And in verse number 8, you find that retribution. Verse 8, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he sold them into the hands of the king of Mesopotamia. There is the retribution. And then in verse 9, you see repentance. Verse 9, the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said, God, save us, rescue us from the king of Mesopotamia. And then in verse 10, you see God rescuing them. You see God raising up a judge, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, he judged Israel. He delivered them from Cusha, Russia, them. And then in verse 11, there is that rest. After being rescued by the judge, the land was at rest for 40 years. Relapse, retribution, repentance, rescue, rest. It's all there in those verses. Do you see it? Othniel was the first judge of Israel, but he wasn't the only judge. And there, there were several more. There's, there's Ehud, a, a left-handed man from the, from the tribe of Benjamin. 
There is Shamgar. There is Deborah, the first and the only female judge. She delivered the people of Israel from, from Sisera and, and, the, and Jobin, the, the king of Canaan. Under her leadership, Israel had 40 years of rest, and then there was Gideon. He delivered Israel from the Midianites, and there was Tola and Jair and Jephthah who delivered them from the Ammonites. And there was Ibzan and Elon and, and Abdon. And, and there was also one of my favorite Bible characters who is, who is Samson. Remember, the, the man who had great strength by the power of the, the Holy Spirit, the man who clearly had a lot of weaknesses. He particularly had weaknesses for Philistine women. But despite his many flaws and his many weaknesses, God used even Samson to deliver Israel from the Philistines. These were the judges. And there's a lot that we could say about these judges, but the point remains the same. The point is, God used every one of these people. He used them over a period of 350 years to deliver his people from their enemies. He used these people to save Israel and to preserve them so that the Messiah could come into the world and save us from our sins. These were the people God used during a very dark time. The question, though, is this. The question is, what can we learn from all this? What can we learn from the judges of Israel? What can we learn from this very dark and an ugly moment in Israel's history. But before we close this lesson, I want to submit to you that there are at least three lessons, at least three lessons that I think we can learn from this very dark time in Israel's history. And the first lesson actually has to do with sin. The first lesson actually has to do with evil and rebellious behavior from the period of Judges we learn a very valuable lesson about sin, and that lesson is this. That lesson is sin is real, and it is horrible, and it is ugly, and it is serious. It is serious business to God. Sin is serious business to God. That's one of the key lessons we learn from the period of Judges, and I really want you to see that. I really want you to understand that Israel, Israel would have never needed judges in the first place if they didn't commit sin. If they didn't commit un, un, un lawless and, and wicked and rebellious behavior, if Israel was not lawless and rebellious in their behavior, they would have never needed judges during this time. And so I'm reminded of the language that pops up in the book over and over again. Go back to Judges, Judges 3 and verse 7. Judges 3 and verse 7, it says the sons of Israel did what? They did evil in the sight of the Lord. It says they forgot the Lord and served Baals. Drop down to verse number 12, verse 12 of that same chapter. Now the sons of Israel again, again, they did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. 
chapter 4 and verse number 1. Chapter 4 and verse 1. The sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Look at chapter 6 and verse 1. And chapter 6 and verse 1. Then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian seven years. Go now to, to chapter Look at chapter 15, or chapter 10. Look at chapter 10, then we'll go to chapter 15. Chapter 10 and verse 6. The sons of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Baals and the Asherah. Now chapter 15. Or chapter 13, I'm sorry, chapter 13 and verse 1. Chapter 13 and verse 1. Now the sons of Israel again. It was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Do you see the point? It's all over the place. Over and over again in this book, we see that even though God blessed Israel, even though God blessed them to live in a land that flowed with milk and honey, even though God blessed them to be free from Egyptian bondage, and he miraculously brought them across the Red Sea, and he gave them their own law, and he gave them their own land, even though God did those things. The people continued to sin. The people continued to rebel against God and disrespect God and forget about God, and ultimately they broke God's heart. The period of judges is a period of sinful and evil behavior, and because of that behavior, God punished them. God allowed their enemies to rise up and oppress them. God allowed the, the Canaanites to, to oppress them severely because he wanted to teach Israel a lesson about sin, and that lesson is sin is serious business. Sin is serious business to God. And let me tell you some brothers and sisters, just like sin was serious business to God during the time of the judges, we need to understand that it's still serious business to God in our time today. It's still serious business to God in 2020. And this is something that we really have to emphasize because you and I both know that for a lot of people in 2020, even for a lot of people in the Lord's church, they don't take sin very seriously, right? They don't take the sin of lying very seriously. They don't take the sin of cursing very seriously. They don't take the sin of sexual immorality and drinking an unlawful divorce and homosexuality and even murdering the unborn very seriously. Unfortunately for so many people, even among God's people, they don't take sin very seriously. In fact, for many of these people, what they will do is they will make excuses and they will try to minimize and even justify doing that kind of stuff. Sadly, for so many people, they don't think sin is a big deal. But when we study judges, we learn something very different, don't we, my friends? In the book of Judges, we learn that we serve a holy God, and sin is serious business to him. We learn that sin angers God. Sin hurts God. Sin ultimately brings about the judgment of God and a truckload of hurt and pain and grief in our lives. 
In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 15, the Bible says, The way of the transgressor is hard. We see that firsthand in the book of Judges. In the book of Judges, we learn a lesson about sin. But not only do we learn a lesson about sin, we also learn a lesson about Jehovah. We also learn a lesson about God. In the book of Judges, we learn that when it comes to the one true and living God, that God is merciful. That God is loving and he's compassionate and he's even forgiving towards his people. And that's something else I really want you to think about. I really want you to think about what God could have done to these wicked and rebellious Israelites during this time. I want you to think about how if God wanted to, he could have allowed all their enemies to completely wipe them out. He could have refused to listen to their prayers. He could have refused to raise up a judge to rescue them when they started being oppressed. God could have completely washed his hands with Israel during this time. But notice how throughout this book, we see very clearly that God did not do that. Even though Israel constantly rebelled against him. Even though Israel constantly got involved in idolatry. And they forgot about God for long periods of time whenever Israel did remember God again. And whenever Israel did cry to God and pray to God and beg to him to save them, God would always listen to them. God would always hear them and he would act. He would have mercy on them and raise up somebody to, to save them. Look back at Judges. Judges 3. Judges chapter 3 and verse number 9. Remember in verse 7, we saw that Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and God gave them into the hands of Cushereshatham. Well, in verse 9 it says, When the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the sons of Israel to deliver them, Othaniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Look at verse number 15 of the same chapter. In verse number 15, it says, But when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud, the son of Gerah, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. But now to chapter 10. Look at a couple of verses in chapter 10. In chapter 10, in verse number 10, it says, The sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you. For indeed, we have forsaken our God and served Baals. They're crying to the Lord to deliver them. Save us, God. Save us from our oppressors. And then in verse 16, it says, So they put away the foreign gods. This is repentance. They put away the foreign gods from among them, and they serve the Lord, and he, the Lord, he couldn't bear the misery of Israel any longer. Notice how in these verses, and there are several others I could, I could read to prove this point, but I think you see it. Notice how just in these verses, we see the love and compassion and mercy of God on full display. Notice how despite their constant rebellion, whenever these people would cry to God and repent and beg God to save them, God wouldn't turn his back against them. 
God wouldn't wash his hands of them completely. Instead, as a loving father, God would hear them and he would save them. He would rescue them. He would have compassion towards them. The book of Judges is a very dark book. It speaks of a rebellious generation of Israelites, but one of the things that's also on full display in this book is the love and the compassion of God. The grace and mercy of God, believe it or not, is found in the book of Judges, and aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful that God has that in his character? Aren't you thankful that God is loving? Aren't you thankful that God is kind? Aren't you thankful that God is is forgiving and, and merciful? I hope you're thankful for that. I hope you're glad and and appreciative for for God being this way because let me tell you something, if God was not this way, not only would Israel have been lost at this time, but we would be lost. We would have no hope. We would have no opportunity to be in heaven because just like these people, we also have sinned. We also have lived rebellious lives against God. And so thank God that he's merciful. And that he's forgiving. We learn about God in the book of Judges. But not only do we learn about God in this book. A third group of people we learn about in this book is. We also learn about ourselves. We also learn about us as human beings. We learn specifically how when life is going good for us. When life is full of blessings, when life is full of sunshine and and roses, it can be easy for us to forget about God. It can be easy for us to fall into this cycle that Israel fell into for 350 years. Again, remember, for 350 years, Israel would enter into the same cycle. Cycle. They would sin against God. They would rebel against God. And God would allow a foreign enemy to oppress them. And then they would repent. They would say, God, save us. Deliver us from our enemies. And God would hear their prayer. And he would deliver them. He would raise up a judge. And after that judge did his or her work, there would be rest. There would be peace and security in the land. People would remember God and they would start serving him faithfully. But unfortunately, after some years would go by, after 20, 30, or 40 years would go by, the people of Israel would return right back to their wicked ways. They would return right back to doing the same old stuff that got them in trouble in the first place. It actually reminds me of our country after 9-11. Do you remember that? Do you remember pre-9-11? Remember before 9-11, prayer was down in this country. Faith was down in this country. Church attendance was down. Belief in God was down. All these things were down pre-9-11. But after 9-11, what happened? Well, if you remember, all these things went up. Prayer went up. 
Faith went up. Belief in God went up. Church attendance went up. All of these things went up right after 9-11. And don't misunderstand that that was certainly a good thing, but let me ask you this now. Almost 20 years later, where are we? Where are we as a nation? Well, unfortunately, today as I stand before you in this pulpit, in 2020, fewer people believe in God. Fewer people claim to pray to God. And even before this coronavirus pandemic, there weren't a lot of people flocking to church buildings to fill up pews and worship God. That's where we are today. And the question is, how did that happen? How did we get to this point, even though prayer and worship and all those things were up right after 9-11? Well, the answer to that is simple, my friends. The answer is, when things are going well for us as human beings, when life is good, when life was full of sunshine and roses and we have rest in our land, just like Israel, we also forget about God. We also forget about God's blessings and his provisions, and maybe that is one of the blessings that can come out of this pandemic we're, we're, we're currently facing. Maybe one of the blessings of this pandemic is as human beings, we're being reminded of our need for God. We're being reminded of just how uncertain our lives can be. We're being reminded of God's, of God's blessings and how we must never take God's, God's blessings for granted. But I just want you to see the period of Judges was a very dark time in Israel's history. It was a time where Judges 21 and verse 25 says, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. People continually rebelled against God and they suffered. And let's make sure we learn from their mistake. Let's make sure we obey God all the time. Let's make sure we trust God all the time. Let's make sure that we stay on the path of God all the time because only his path will lead us to the spiritual promised land. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the book of Judges. Let us learn from the mistakes of Israel during that time. and Let us always serve you, put you first, stay on your path, and never enter on a rebellious cycle. Let us always appreciate your blessings. Let us always draw closer to you and even during these difficult times in which we are experiencing. Let us always praise your glorious name. Because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.